Welcome to another episode of Bucks and Six, a Milwaukee Bucks podcast brought to you by Fans First Sports Network. My name is Steven Dorf, and alongside me, as always, is my co-host, Hershey Winkleman. Check us out on social media. We're on Instagram and Twitter at Bucks and Six FFSN. And then you can find this and the rest of our other podcasts on either Apple or Spotify. So be sure to, t- uh, to leave a like, review, or rate. Uh, Hurst, Bucks beat the Bulls tonight at home 119 or 118 to 109 but before we get into that or that recap a uh, little injury update for jay crowder he's going to be out uh two months expected with an abdominal tear uh hirsch he's been really really good this year he's been one of the biggest bright spots in this up and down roller coaster season or start of the season for the bucks so far losing him for an extended period of time is gonna hurt obviously it's just a matter of how bad so i guess my question for you is how detrimental do you think that losing Jay Crowder is going to be for this Bucks team? I mean, yeah. I mean, I personally think it's definitely going to hurt at least a little bit. Um, lucky enough for us, you know, it's at the beginning of the season, so it's not necessarily going to affect him uh, for like the playoffs or down the stretch. But just having one of your guys who, you know, has been super productive and impactful throughout the season so far uh, go down like that early on. Uh, it's definitely tough, especially when, you know, we, we kind of want these guys to be building their chemistry and having him out of the lineup uh, will affect that as well as, you know, him just talent wise and him being able to guard, uh, you know, the two through the four, I think is, you know, super valuable for this team. But yeah, Steve, I guess what are just to, just to throw back to you, what are, what are you, what do you kind of think about the J J injury? Uh, I just think the biggest, like the biggest thing that sucks about this is that he was just playing so well, like shooting 50 uh, 51% from three this year, putting up eight points a game for us. Just such a valuable role player to have, you know, a, a veteran leader, a guy who's made it to the finals, has made it to, you know, in deep playoff runs before. Uh, but yeah, you know, like you said, just get, it's good that it's happening now rather than, you know, a couple months from now. So hopefully when he comes back, he'll just get right back in, click and sync with the team. But yeah, definitely sucks to lose a guy who has just been playing that well at this point in the season for a team that has been struggling to, I mean, really no other way to put it. The Bucks have struggled, but tonight they actually catch a win. Hirsch Giannis looked great as he has for the past few games. Uh, he had 35 points and, you know, we were talking about the turnovers really harping on him for that, but he cut those down to just three tonight. Uh, only took three, three pointers. One of them being a, a pretty cool buzzer beater fadeaway. So Always cool to see Giannis do something crazy like that. He always pulls something out of the bag of tricks. But yeah, Hirsch, just with Giannis's performance, uh, I know Dame struggled, but we'll get into that. But yeah, just seeing Giannis play the way that he's been playing, do you have faith that Dame and Giannis, the, this duo is going to really start to turn into what we thought it would? Yeah, definitely. And, you know, one thing I do want to point out is that Giannis, you know, he stayed very aggressive uh, throughout the entire game. You know, like like we mentioned, he only hit that one three-pointer. Uh, and the majority of the rest of his shots were kind of uh, either in the paint or, you know, mid-range shots around the paint. So uh, that's, you know, where we keep saying that he needs to be uh, to be the most effective. And, yeah, I mean, Dame, Dame did not have a good night at all. I mean, 12 points and 3 of 17 from the field. Uh, one of one of nine from three, but you can kind of see that like Dame's getting these open looks and he's just not hitting them. And and there and there's shots that Dame has like routine routinely hit in the past. Um, I personally am not worried about him at all. I, I think you know 
with a guard and, and especially, you know, a guy who shoots a lot, you got to kind of find your rhythm throughout the game. And he's just had a couple games throughout the, you know, beginning of the season where he hasn't had that rhythm, but Damian Lillard throughout his career has shown that, you know, he gets better as a season progresses. Uh, I just, you know, it's, it's good to see him out there. He also dished out five assists um, and, you know, we're definitely going to need him out there. Happy that he, you know, came back off of, you know, his two game absence from the calf injury. Uh, hopefully, you know, we don't see that pop up again anytime soon because, you know, having him out there, even when he's, you know, not being effective from the field, uh, he's still able to, you know, get to the line, uh, penetrate, you know, draw defenders, draw attention, you know, even as a decoy, Damian Lillard, you know, commands a lot of attention. You get, it's not a guy you can leave open. So, um, yeah, I think this pairing is definitely going to work out and, you know, Giannis is definitely looking at looking like more of a vintage Giannis as to, as opposed to what we had seen in the first maybe five or so games. Yeah. And with Dame, I mean, him and Giannis have only had a few games to really play with each other so far. So, you know, they're still going to figure out how to run that pick and roll and get better at it and just kind of figure out, you know, each other's tendencies and, you know, just spots in general. But yeah, just having Damian Lillard out there, like you can just tell, like he helps the offense just flow so much better even when he is playing, you know, or when he, when he's not shooting well, like it's just having someone out there where like teams know, like he might be three for 17 or whatever, but it's like, he can still hit that fourth shot, especially if it's, you know, going to be down the line and just having someone like that is very valuable. And yeah, we've seen Damian Lillard get off to slow starts like this and really ramp it up as the season goes on. And that's kind of what I expect here. Absolutely. I think another guy, you know, we need to kind of point out is, you know, Chris Middleton. He looked great tonight, but I know you kind of mentioned that, you know, maybe we would start seeing his minutes uh, increase around, you know, game eight, game nine. Uh, you know, we're kind of, we're, you know, that was just game 11 and, you know, he's still playing only 19 minutes. Uh, I guess what, what my question would be, well, what is your concern? I guess is, is that Chris, you know, is he going to keep playing around 19 to 20 minutes or are they actually going to start ramping him up anytime soon? Yeah, I'm sure they're just being cautious with him. I mean, we saw it with the back-to-back where they've, you know, they've held him out of one of each back-to-back so far. And I assume that they're going to do that probably the entire year. Uh, he said that he expected to be around or be back fully around game eight or nine or seven or whatever it was, but yeah, it just seems like the coaching staff wants to be more cautious with him. I, I think like he looks fine out there. He doesn't seem to have any like nagging issues with his knees or anything like that. Looks good. Defense has dropped a little bit, but I mean, it's to be expected when you're a 32 year old coming off of a knee surgery. But yeah, again, he's just another guy just that when he when he's out there and when he's really back playing 30 minutes a game, he's just going to really help that offense flow. Definitely. And, you know, we saw that even in limited minutes tonight. I mean, 13 points in 19 minutes, uh, super efficient scoring uh, uh, output as well from him going six from 10 from the line. Um, and, you know, a little bit of Bucks history happened tonight. Uh, Chris Middleton passed Michael Redd on the Bucks all time scoring list to become fifth all time with 11,555 total career points. Uh, so congratulations to Chris Middleton. Uh, I know me and Steve, we were texting about this a little bit, but, you know, it sure seems like, you know, that number 22 might be hanging up in the rafters someday, especially, you know, with him meeting all these milestones and breaking records and stuff like that. Yeah, especially if he is a career buck, too. I mean, outside of his first year in the league. But, 
Yeah, big night for Chris Middleton. Really nice to see that he's continuing to, you know, strengthen his legacy as a buck. But Bobby Portis tonight uh, has continued to just give us an impact off the bench as he basically has his entire Bucks career. He's been a guy who's been a sixth man of the year candidate front or he was a front runner for a while last year, but he has 19 points tonight, seven of 10 shooting. And he just, he just really brings that energy, Hirsch. I think that's just like with, with a guy like Bobby, he might like, you'll look in the first half and only he'll have like 15 minutes and he'll be like, all right, like maybe another 15, 12, 13 coming his way. And then he won't really play at all, but he has no issue with that. Like he's just here to win and bring energy. And just having a guy like that is just so like key to championship basketball. Definitely. And, you know, one thing I've noticed from Bobby is that, you know, when they're staggering the minutes with Giannis and Damon, you know, the first and the second quarter, uh, that that's where Bobby, you know, takes his chance to become extremely aggressive. And, you know, we've seen that a couple of times uh, throughout games this year where Bobby has big second quarters and, you know, that happened again. Uh, luckily for us, you know, Bobby actually did play, you know, throughout the entirety of the game and he played well. Uh, like you mentioned, 19 points, and you could really feel it. I mean, Bobby was hitting big shot after big shot. He had he went three from six from the three point line as well, um, and he you know had struggled uh, starting off the year from the three point line. So good to see Bobby Portis uh, ripping threes. I know a couple of years ago he shot almost 50 percent from three. I think it was around 47 percent. Uh, so, you know, Bobby Portis being able to stretch the floor like that, I think is super helpful, especially with, you know, Brooke Lopez being able to stretch the floor. Um, and obviously, you know, having that scoring punch off the bench, especially with a guy who, you know, you can see coming off of his experience uh, in the offseason over the summer playing with Team USA, he has a little bit more confidence, I would say, um, and just getting his shot up, taking those, you know, contested mid-ranges, those follow-ways, those fadeaways that he was taking all night. Um, and I, you know, really, really good, good night from Bobby Portis. Yeah. And it's like, a, he's like a guard in the sense that like when he gets going, he gets going, right. He'll hit a shot and then he'll get the crowd all hyped up. And then it's just like, all right, let's play some Bobby ball. They just give him the ball in the post and he hits a hook and it just keeps going. Then he hits threes. So yeah, having a guy like Bobby Portis is going to be really helpful down the stretch for the bucks, especially when, you know, we're missing Jay Crowder going to need Bobby Portis to really step up. Um, speaking of stepping up, Hirsch, you saw a little bit more of the young bucks as you or as you might say with, uh, Andre Jackson, Marjan Bochamp getting his typical 20 minutes. He played pretty well tonight, but Andre Jackson is the guy that I think I want, or I guess we want to talk a little bit about more is because he's someone that we didn't really know what his role was going to be coming into the year. Like with Marjan, everyone kind of expected like, Hey, he might not start, but at least he's going to be like a key rotational piece. Uh, Andre Jackson is kind of being thrusted into some pretty important minutes now uh, in the absence of Jay Crowder. Hirsch, how have you thought he, or how have you thought uh, Andre Jackson has looked thus far? I mean, definitely better than I would have expected uh, coming out of the gate, especially uh, as a second round pick. Um, You know, he's, he's very aggressive defensively, very active. He loves hustling, which, you know, we, we definitely need, and he has a ton of energy. Uh, You can tell he kind of just wants to be out there on the floor and he cherishes, you know, every minute that he gets out there Uh, only 13 minutes tonight. But my guess is with Jay Crowder being out over the next, you know, couple of months here that, you know, Andre Jackson's really going to have to step up in his absence. You know, obviously we've got guys like Malik Beasley, uh, Pat Connington, like you mentioned, Bobby Portis and Marjan. I mean, those guys are probably going to get some more minutes as well, but yeah, Andre Jackson, Jr., Definitely, you know, good to see out of him. He also had, you know, five points. 
Definitely not going to be a big scorer off the bench, but defensively, uh, energy-wise, and also, you know, he's a loves crashing the glass. I think all three of those things are super productive for this team going forward, uh, for sure. Absolutely. Um, we've been talking about the defense all year. I know a lot of fans, you know, you and I have just been like, what's going on at times? And a lot of it's just trying to figure it out. Tonight was one of those nights where, you know, things were going the Bucks way defensively. Uh, we actually stopped the Bulls to all-star caliber scores. DeMar DeRozan, Zach Levine held DeMar to 11 points on just a really inefficient night from the field. Three of 14 for him. Zach Levine also five of 19 with 20 points. So great to see the Bucs really guard up on these wings and, you know, just stop them from getting into a groove early on. Um, Hirsch, what was your opinion on the defense tonight from Milwaukee? Definitely. I mean, it was definitely improved. Uh, I was kind of worried about, you know, what would happen if we played a team with two, you know, really good wings uh, because, you know, we have been destroyed by guard play all throughout the year. Uh, but, you know, we we were able to contain it, especially with, you know, guys that love operating in the mid range like Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan. Uh, we made it a little difficult for them. Nikola Vucevic, on the other hand, you know, he did have a pretty monster game against us, especially with him being able to take Brooke Lopez away from the basket a little bit. Uh, but one thing I do want to touch on is that, you know, we're still really struggling at the free throw line. Uh, 70% from the line tonight compared to, I think they were at 90%. Um, and on the season, we're only 20th in the league with a total uh, team free throw rate uh, percentage of 74%. So, I mean, that definitely needs to get higher, uh, whether they need to, you know, take more free throws in practice or, I don't know, just fix the form a little bit maybe. But that needs to definitely be increased for sure because you can't you, – you're not going to be able to win games giving up, you know, that many points in the free throw free throw differential. Yeah, I just, well, just want to touch on the free throws. I, I kind of disagree. Like some nights, like the night where we shot 48%, like that's atrocious, yeah, unacceptable – can't happen again. But on a night like tonight, I mean, Giannis gets to the line 14 times, and then we have Dame get into the line five times. He hit all of his free throws, and then Brooke missed two of his three. But the rest of our guys hit their free throws. Giannis goes eight of 14, and I think it's just Giannis isn't a good free throw shooter, and, like, it sucks, and it's really frustrating that he isn't. But at this point, like, we should just know that and come to accept that. So I'm not too upset about us not shooting the free throw, you know, 80% or whatever, because of having Giannis on our team, shooting it at the volume he does. But having Giannis and Dame is going to allow us to get to the line, like double the amount uh, that other teams are. So from that like point of view or that sense, I, I think 74% is fine, at least in my opinion. Definitely. I mean, I think with Dame, you know, being more effective throughout the game as well, uh, you know, that will contribute to that going up. I, I also think, you know, over time it will improve uh, from 74%, and I don't think we're going to end uh, 20th in the league, but I just I would like to see, you know, more consistency from the free throw line. Um, on offense as well, you know, we're, we're turning the ball over a little too much, uh, 17 total turnovers tonight. I know the Bulls are, you know, one of the best teams in the league at turning uh, the ball over on the other team, but – Little, little too, still, still a little bit too careless. Um, you know, they, they, I think had under ten turnovers as a team. So, you know, you'd like to see that cleaned up. But the Bucks were in control of the game basically for the entirety of the game, other than maybe a little blip in the third quarter. But they went on a huge run right after that to, you know, take a commanding lead again. 
I mean, it was it was a pretty dominant performance. Uh, Bucks also win on the boards, which you know we've been harping on. Seems like every time the Bucks, you know, are winning on the boards, they're winning games. So it's proving to be you know a pretty important thing for this you know Milwaukee Bucks team. But yeah, overall, I think you know good game. Uh, would have liked to see them maybe stack on, step on their neck a little bit when they had you know that big lead in the first half, and you know maybe try to blow them out, but. You know, we can still wait on that. Uh, you know, it's still early on in the season, and I bet the Bucks will have, you know, a couple more chances to blow a team out here or there. Yeah, not quite the blow we, you know, were hoping or expecting, but uh, a good win nonetheless. Yeah, and you said, the. I mean, the Bucks were in control of this game for the majority of it. We got off to a huge lead at the beginning of the game, and then the Bulls kind of wiggled their way back into it, and then... Yeah, but it's just nice to see like like this team has that sense of urgency. Like when a team is coming back on you like that, we kind of push, we, we we really go hard and we put the metal or pedal to the metal. So really good to see that from Milwaukee. We're gonna take a quick break though. We'll be right back to preview our next game against the Raptors on Wednesday. Uh so we'll be right back and cover that. And we're back on the Boxing Six podcast. My name is Hershey Winkleman. He's Steven Dorf. Uh, we're gonna take a quick preview of the Raptors game next or on Wednesday. That would be the Bucks' next matchup. Uh, Steve, I know the Bucks got absolutely destroyed the last time we played the um, the Raptors. We lost to them one thirty to one eleven. Uh, it was an absolute blowout from the beginning. The Bucks really couldn't do anything right in that game. Uh, but this could be a, you know a, a chance for them to take revenge. I mean, they might be a little bit fired up, especially you know after that two game losing streak we just had. Um, and the Raptors are only five and five, so not necessarily, you know, an elite uh, group of talent over there in Toronto. So, yeah, I definitely think the Bucks. you know, they're going to come out swinging. They're going to play very hard. And I think, you know, the main keys to this game are containing, you know, Dennis Schroeder, who absolutely just de- uh, destroyed us last time we played them with 24 and 11. And then obviously, you know, Scotty Barnes and Pascal Siakam, who are their two, you know, main guys on their team. But I, I think we'll be able to improve on at least our performance last time and not get blown out like we did. Yeah, ideally we don't lose 130 to 111 again. Uh, Bucks get their second chance to get a crack at the Raptors. I think that like, Pascal Siakam, Scotty, Scotty Barnes especially, he's having a great start to his year. They they do match up pretty well with us. They're you know pretty big athletic wings who like to get to the hoop, but can create their own shot. You know especially from beyond the arc. Uh, it's, it's a team that's probably going to give us some you know issues throughout the year, just personnel wise. But it's like again, from you know you put on paper you stack these two teams up against each other. The Bucks out talent the Raptors by like a lot. So. Uh, you just want to see the the Bucks care, you know, keep this momentum carried on to the next game and just continue to improve upon what they've done poorly and what they've or continue to improve upon what they've done good from the last game and then really work out the the flaws and kinks from you know just this year in general. Definitely, and I think you know if Dame's there on Wednesday, I think you know we'll we'll, we'll see somewhat of a revenge game from him. Uh, it's rare that he has you know two bad games in a row, and he had a pretty bad game tonight, so. We might see a Damian Lillard explosion on Wednesday against the Raptors. But uh, I think that's going to be it for today's episode of the Bucks and Six podcast. Make sure to leave a like, download, subscribe, and follow us on both Twitter and Instagram at Bucks and Six FFSN. I'm Hershey Winkleman. He's Steven Dorf. And let's go, Bucks! <laughs>